podcast is available on SRB Media. That's srbmedia.co.uk. And uh, thank you to our friends at SRB Media who make this possible. And please head over to SRB Media for all manner of uh, podcast music and other sports as well. To contact the podcast, you can email the MMA Show 7, the MMA Show 7 at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter at the MMA, the hand, Twitter handle is the MMA Shower or X as it is now, and Facebook Let's Talk MMA. And so, yeah, as stated at the top of the the podcast, that uh, we're previewing previewing UFC 294, uh, which is a, a, a event a pay per view event from Abu Dhabi, uh, UAE. And um, we're going to have some news around the MMA world, in particular to uh, pertaining to UFC. Um, some testing times ahead for the UFC, I think. Uh, so that will make some good conversation with my uh, co-host and uh, regular guest, co-host uh, Matt Penny. Matt, how are you? Good evening. Good evening. Pleasure to be back as always, and uh, I'm kind of glad that. We've delayed the show recording by 24 hours. It was meant to be yesterday, um, but what a crazy 24 hours that the UFC has had. You know, I was looking forward to this event anyway. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest cards of the year, but I'd argue it's now got um, a little bit bigger, actually. Um, so, yeah, yeah, crazy 24 hours, but yeah. everything happens for a reason, and that 24 hour delay for our recording is, uh, has done us good and done us favours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, the, the the main card um, obviously has changed. Oliveira has uh, picked up an injury, and uh, it's now Volkanovski two. So they fought in February last year. Um, just before we go into the the main event, I think it's worth mentioning the co-main, which is uh, Usmanov versus Chemaev. Uh, um, uh, um, is that Shumayev? So uh, just give us a quick rundown on that. I'm looking forward to it anyway. Joy, it's a bit of a dream fight, and, I, and I'm pretty sure uh, you know we've done a number of shows this year, and I'm pretty sure we've mentioned the welterweight division. I've said on a, a couple of occasions that Usman Shumayev is the sort of no-brainer for me. Um, it seems the UFC want to ice Shumayev a little bit and sort of call him down. I'm not sure why, because he's been so dominant. But he needs a... A step up in competition and, and Kamara Usman you know former champion he's the perfect man to give him that challenge I, I think the fight is at 185 it's at middleweight uh, correct it is due, yeah due, yeah due to Usman's uh, length mm-hmm. accepting of the fight and everything but I still think it's going to be a great fight and, and hopefully it resounds in the welterweight rankings after the fight it it's perfect for everybody, really. You know, mm. even if yeah, I know Usman's on a on a decline, and if he loses this, you would suggest you look at his record and go, God, blimey, you know, he really has fallen off, and maybe this is it. You know, yeah. This is his real downward spiral. 
And I, and I think, uh, from my point of view, that um, I'm still looking forward to this fight because, like you said, it's a last-minute replacement. It was Paolo Costa. Um, but uh, Usman is uh, is a worthy uh, worthy opponent for Chimaev. I think I, th- I think I think it's a better fight. I've got to be honest. Um, I think it's more interesting for sure. Um, it, it's always good to see Usman back. You know, he had the two losses against Edwards, so it'll be good to see what kind of he's going to be in massive shape for yeah. 185. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, it, it could be, but in terms of excitement, I'm not sure he'll be more exciting than Paolo Costa because he's just a, a brawler. Um, but Usman, yeah, he can obviously hit as well. Um, and the the wrestling becomes interesting because Chimaev has a very, very good wrestling elite. I don't think it's sort of structured the wrestling because he was brought, uh, brought up in Sweden. So... Um, but Usman has the structured. What I mean by structured, you know, he went to school in America and and won a few national titles. I think he was Division Two, wasn't wasn't Division One. But anyway, he had some very good credentials. And uh, and you're right about the weight. It's going to be more of a catch weight because uh, I mean Usman obviously walks around bigger than one eighty five or seventy eighty three kilos somewhere around there, but. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be probably more or less a catch weight, give or take five pounds. I think. Yeah, I think I think it, it's more equal between the two. I, th- I think you're right about the wrestling. I think you know Kamaru is more, as you said, American black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's got the the division two wrestling, but then Jamaev is a different kind of wrestling. It's a different kind of grappling, isn't it? That 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 kind the Correct. fighters from that yeah. part of the world is a bit more. Um, yeah, less structured, more hectic, and sort of yeah, sort of on on the on the beat kind of thing. As things develop, yeah, kind of just changes his tactics, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a wrestler, so I can't you know can't say any more than that. But it's just uh, yeah, what fight? And uh, I, I like it a little bit more than Costa, to be honest. Even yeah. at 185, yeah, but they both they both got the they both got you know all the rounds in them both these yeah. fighters and they've both gone five rounds multiple times so I think it could be a fight that's drawn out but it could be a really entertaining one for sure yeah I mean just just playing a bit of um, playground matchmaking or, or logic that um, I think the the most sort of uh, the, the fight the, the the preceding fight for Chimaev was was it Gilbert Burns the, the, the last fight he had uh, Jemaya fought uh, Kevin Holland. Oh yes, but that was oh yeah, he was supposed to fight Nate, Nate Diaz, and then it, they had yeah. a brawl. And I'm not really counting the Holland fight because that was like 20 seconds of mauling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilbert Burns was the, was the yeah. Yeah, I think where I was trying to go was the step up in class was yeah. Gilbert Burns, and, and yeah, Gilbert Burns gave as good as he got, but. Um, so yeah, and the reason why I bring that up because you mentioned it as well. That yeah, it is a class uh, up a step up in class with Usman. I think he's still number two or three in the welterweight somewhere around there. He can't be far off that, can he? Yeah, he can't be far off. He's only had two losses yeah. against the champ, and mm. yeah, it's probably one of the biggest steps up in sort of competition that we've seen. Um, yeah, you know, um, but a lot of people were calling for it. They said, "Look, we, we love his style, so just give him." 
you know, kind of push him to the moon, see if he can hang. Yeah. Because um, uh, the UFC have sort of put him on ice a little bit over yeah. recently. So. Yeah. I, I need a, you know what, prediction? Uh, I think Chemayev will win it via um, um. unanimous decision. Uh, I, I think it'll be very close. Uh, the thing that really swings it for me is the fact that Usman is coming in on 10 days notice to, f- to fight I think if this I think if Usman had a full camp for this fight I think it would be like really really close and almost um, unpredictable mm. but I'll go to Maev because he's had the time to okay he hasn't prepared for Usman but he has had yeah. a full fight camp yeah. Usman hasn't okay. and so yeah yeah I, th- I think I'm, I'm going to agree I think um for Usman, he, if he beats Chimaev, does he bring him back in contention in the world welterweight title? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Chimaev, it will silence the doubters a bit more because uh, Usman is is a still a world class elite uh, fighter. So um, there's reasonable motivation for Usman, but extremely good motivation for Chimaev and. Uh, I agree that because he's been in fight camp, not for Usman, but he's been in fight camp. And uh, I just got a feeling he, maybe Usman might be one of these fighters that, because he got knocked out so severely, could that dent his confidence mentally slightly? Just a couple of percent, nothing major. But at this level, a couple of percent makes all the difference. So I think I agree with you there. Possibly, possibly for yeah. sure. And obviously, I think he still has Trevor Whitman in his corner. So we'll see if. Uh, Usman can work that magic with the striking because um, mm. obviously everybody would be looking to the wrestling but let's see if he can just come out there and just sort of swing hands and see see what happens it's only a three yeah. rounder after all so uh, put it all out there empty the gas tank and and go for broke yeah okay now we're on to the the main event so um, we've uh, by now everyone will know that Oliveira had an injury i, I not sure exactly what kind of injury he had. Was it in training or? Uh, I think Oliveira got him, like a huge cut above his eye. Uh, sparring uh, in, training, in, yeah. in training, like a huge gash above his eyelid. Yeah. Okay. All right, um, but that's uh, Volkanovski's gain. Um, the the obvious thing for him is that uh, it's what two weeks away as we record. Uh, 10 days something like that um, 10 days yeah that uh, and normally when fighters come in last minute then frantically trying to um, lose 20 pounds 30 pounds in, in a few weeks 2 or 3 stone in a few weeks or what's that 10 kilos 12 kilos in a few weeks whatever yeah um, in Volkanovski's case he's actually going to be thinking oh crap I've got to put on weight and I remember him saying that when he had a full eight weeks or maybe three months for the first fight he found it really difficult just to eat the amount of food I mean for some people that sounds like heaven you know eat more food stuff your face and but if you're training as well it's it's not easy and obviously he's not going to be eating junk pizzas and chicken fried chicken every day he's going to be having good wholesome food rice and meat and potatoes and stuff like that so um, so my my take on it is you know how how is he going to gain not enough weight because he won't gain enough weight but enough weight to 
to be to feel confident against a monster like Makachev. Yeah, I, I think weight will definitely come into it. Um, I, I also think his preparation, because he hasn't been in camp either. It, it's, it's a very similar situation to the co-main where, in terms of like wrestling styles, again, it's that Russian kind of not traditional American style wrestling against Volkanovski, who has a bit more of a sort of traditional and structured style of wrestling. But yeah. Also, Makachev, again, he, he's the one who's had the full fight camp. Again, it's not with Volkanovski, but he's he's sort of fight ready he's fight fit mm. Volkanovski isn't um, last time you know the last fight that they had was extremely close um, a couple of people said that Volkanovski probably should have, should have, have sneaked the win um, that's up for debate but he's above Makachev in the pound for pound rankings and he's yeah. stayed more active so it's, it's kind of on a on an edge this one for me it's on the fence for, for, for this one yeah, I, th- I think that the previous fight, I, I certainly give Volkanovski a, a hell of a lot of credit, but I don't think he did enough. But I think what why people got that impression, maybe because they thought that Makachev was more, you know, smaller guy. Um, but Volkanovski, anything but, you know, got, he did not get mauled at all. And uh, that's why maybe some people thought he won, but he, he certainly you know, gave it gave it a hell of a fight, and uh, it was close. But I think Makachev did win it. So um, I mean, yeah, the size was very similar. The size was very similar yeah. going into the fight. I think a lot of people were unsure. Obviously, Volkanovski is quite fit, like thick and wise in his stance. But it's like he it, didn't know how he was going to look compared to Makachev and how he would look in the cage. But they looked quite similar in size which is quite odd really um, and quite and obviously a similar weight obviously so it's it, it really will come down to the fact that Volkanovski hasn't had a camp uh, he hasn't had a camp for anybody uh, in a little while well since July so I think he had a fight already booked as well for January so what is his mindset where's his mindset going to be and obviously this is this is what you say about anybody who takes a, a fight on short notice really yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, prediction time. Well, this is tough, and I think I, I think I'm going to take the easy way out again and just predict Makachev purely because he's had the full fight camp. He is fight ready. Again, it wasn't for the, the, the correct opponent, but still, he he's more fight ready than than Volkanovski is going to be. Even though it was incredibly close last time. I think these two are destined to fight down the line with a full camp. I, to be honest, I thought this was going to be one for uh, UFC 300. Mm. I, I thought this would be a, this would have been a, quite a top contender for that. Obviously, that's now not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll go Makachev. Um, I'll go unanimous decision again. I, I think it's difficult when you're looking at fights with people coming in at short notice, even though they are kind of dream fights and fights between two guys you want to see. I, I think it's tough to really. To, to predict the, the shock winner, I think so. Yeah, Makachev unanimous decision win. I think. Okay, um, I, I'm going to go with the Makachev win. No, no real surprise there. But um, I've just got a feeling that uh, Makachev is going to try to prove a point from the last fight, and uh, he's going to try to submit Makachev. Uh, sorry, Volkanovski. Um, now I'm not saying that's easy you know Brian Ortega one of the best 
jiu-jitsu finishers in the last 10 years probably couldn't do it and he had him in an extremely vicious um, chokehold and uh, Volkanovski mm-hmm. somehow just pure willpower just did not get submitted so I'm not saying it's going to be easy by any stretch but um, I just think Makachev will learn a lot from the last fight um, and uh, he's not cutting weight this time or as much weight this, well he wasn't he was still lightweight for him yeah but he's still uh, he's probably learnt a lot and I think he'll he'll want to make a point that you know last time wasn't that close here you go finished you in the third round maybe 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 for sure but I think do you know what either either or of those sort of endings I think this is kind of a win-win for Volk obviously he doesn't want to lose it right Mm. but it's very easy for him to fall back on it and say well I did take it on 10 days notice um depending on how it ends if it's another decision he can mm. turn around and go well hey look I took it on 10 days notice I didn't even have a camp sorted and I still took you the full five rounds yeah um, I kind of, that's kind of changing my mind on the spot and making me and, that, and that's exactly why I think Makachev will want to finish him because he doesn't want to uh, that exactly what he said oh well I still took you for five rounds on what 10 days notice yeah yeah that's very true that's very true but I'll, I'll, st- I'll stick by a decision to make it a little bit interesting and uh, we'll see which one of us is, okay. is right but if, if Volk does take it the full five rounds again on ten days notice I mean I think that will be a moral victory for Volk yeah oh yeah I'll argue he's pound for pound best yeah so yeah yeah alright yeah, spins around spins around about that fight for sure yeah exactly and um Okay, that's that's UFC two nine four on October the twenty first from Abu Dhabi, UAE. Um, so we're, we're looking, and there's a few other good fights on the the main card. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, moving on to the, uh, we're not going to have time for any fan questions, but moving on to MMA news. Um, before you go on to the the sort of the real breaking news, is there any other news you want to sort of impart on the listeners uh, on the MMA world UFC well apart from the obvious that happened yesterday um, a little bit of news went under the radar I think where a UFC and Saudi partnership was announced officially mm-hmm. um, obviously we know now that UFC and WWE are under the same umbrella TKO um, and WWE have worked with Saudi uh, for years and years and years and put events on over there uh, so now UFC have got partnership official and they are going to have a fight night event in March now I think March was going to be a month that was kind of penciled in for UFC 300 Mm. so when I saw the news I was a bit fearful because I I really don't want the you know the flagship UFC event in 10 years to be in Saudi I'd prefer it to be in America just because that's where that's their main market yeah Uh, I, I think like Saudi Arabia are getting a lot of big events big boxing events especially and big yeah. sort of Wrestlemania style wrestling events over there yeah. so I just, so I'm really pleased if they stick to the, their guns and actually do only put a fight night event oh, yeah that, that's, that's just, very interesting yeah just, just because I, I think they get enough over mm. in, in Saudi Arabia so I just think a fight night over there is you know I'm, I'm guessing WWE influence probably helped that along a little bit because of the you know I'm sure yeah yeah um, 
Because Fight Night's good, but keep UFC 300 probably at you know Madison Square. Because the WWE, I think they've been going to Saudi for three, five years now, maybe a bit longer. Oh yeah, for, yeah, four or five years, and they've put on mm. like WrestleMania-sized events over there. They've gone big for yeah. you know they've had Undertaker returns and Shawn yeah. Michaels returns, so that you know they've had big names, mm. and obviously they've got Nganu fighting over there with uh, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, yeah. And um, Anthony Johnson, uh, Joshua Forto were there as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, with a really cringy uh, after-fight promo. Yes. Yeah, uh, promo. You're being very kind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, yesterday. Yeah. You know the headline news. That I think we we cannot escape is you know the UFC USADA mm. um, partnership is coming to an end. Yeah, and what what surprised me, I was I was just doing a bit of uh, searching around the net, and it made non-sporting websites, the Economic Times of India, and a bunch of other websites that are not sporting. So it's it's big news. Yeah, it is big news, and there are still a lot of questions to come from it because um, only Usada have put out a statement. I'm surprised. And did you notice the common theme on the reason? Well, a certain I, gentleman. I, yes. So I, I thought it was weird that they sort of put a lot, lot, a lot of blame on, on Conor McGregor and the whole saga. I think they called it. They called it the saga mm. um, because UFC claimed, well, put out a little feeler saying, oh, maybe Usada can bend it a little bit and you know just get three positive or negative tests in, but not the six month thing. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, Usada blamed it on that and said. You know, we were uncomfortable with that. But then later on in the statement, they say that the UFC, after positive negotiation, they've actually turned around and said that they're going to end the relationship themselves. So it's not USADA. So it sounds like it's a bit of a, a messy one. I think both both parties, even though they had positive discussions, as they said, I don't think, I think both of them were quite happy that it was yeah. over. I don't. I don't think they should be using the word positive in in USADA testing. Yeah, there should be. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, it has different connotations when. Uh, yeah, uh, but I, so, so I know what you mean. Connor yeah. is back in. Connor is back in the testing pool. That, that's the weird thing. The statement yeah. kind of started off by saying, "Yeah, McGregor's back in the testing pool, and we're going to test him, but we're not sure if it's going to be for six months because at the start of the year we're cutting ties." And it was like, "Oh, okay, okay." It's a bit of a weird statement. <laughs> um, so, but they haven't addressed, well, UFC haven't addressed what they're going to do moving forward. I'm pleasantly surprised, I'll be honest. I thought the relationship had come to an end. The UFC always kind of sniped at USADA and mm. about the whole, you know, testing fighters at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. at fight night. So now what UFC really needs to do is sort of hire a lot of very experienced people and, and do it in-house and say keep it random but not at 5am on a fight night to affect their fighters yeah um, yeah regarding uh, Conor McGregor that uh, if you know if he is to blame or whatever the real reasons are we, we're not really sure um, but I think that um, him coming back into the pool doesn't really mean anything because if he if he's been out, I think was it three just before the 
um, the series, uh, what do you call it, the uh, in the right, house? Yeah, the, yeah it's, it's like two years since the leg break, is it? Yeah, the leg yeah. break, and then when with Chandler, yeah, the um, oh, yeah, yes. he, he suddenly dropped out the pool about that time, was it six months ago, four months ago, whatever. Yeah, that's what he should have been entered. Yeah, exactly. They, they said, oh, yeah. you're going to be entered because obviously after the, the, the house, the coaches have a fight. Um, and that didn't happen. Huge. Yeah, and he, yeah. Was huge and he was walking around in his vest and his neck was like Tyson. and Yeah. Uh, oh, he was easily 200 pounds. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, he, was, he was massive and there's been lots of questions about his his shape and you know even though he looks in great shape it kind of looks like a bodybuilder shape it doesn't yeah. look like you know it's different between you know being in good shape for a bodybuilder or an image but it's different to a fighter shape and he just didn't look in fighting shape he looked you know mm. very picturesque yeah um, yeah, yeah. But it, it was this is a, a very odd statement it was you know just to start off with the conor mcgregor news that it, that it sounded positive but then literally about a paragraph in to say, well, we don't know if he's going to have his full six months because in two months, guys, we're out of here. It, yeah. was, it was just a, it was a really weird one. Why even bother mentioning Conor McGregor at all? Because mm. you, you're basically saying we're not going to test him after December. So what's the point? You might as well just not enter him. Yeah, and um, the, the the ultimate fighter is, is obviously what they are just finished filming, I think, or few days ago or whatever um, but the, the point I was going to make is that when he when he dropped out the pool and now he was going to come back apparently any, any day now he's he's had four months five months I'm not, I'm not a you know PED expert but I'm just theorising here that he had a chance to clean whatever if he did have anything in his system obviously we don't know but we're just uh, uh, theorising and uh, he may have had a chance to clean stuff out and then decided, yeah, I'll come back. And by that time, stuff had happened between USADA and the UFC. And if, if this was like they were uncomfortable with this kind of timing or situation or exception, like you said, they were going to do various exceptions. They said, no, that's enough. We don't want to be tarnished with uh, with that around uh, their sort of image. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a real weird one. And I, I think... I kind of think that they used Connor in that as a bit of a gout clause for themselves. I think they turned around, they got told by UFC that we're going to cut ties with you at the end of the year. We're going to do things ourselves or we're going to go in a different direction, I think is the words they use. UFC said they're going to go a different direction. Um, so I think USADA turned around with egg on their face and said, okay, fine, do you know what? We weren't really happy with the whole Connor situation. We weren't happy about you pressuring us into giving him leeway so yeah we're happy with the cut as well I think that's them covering themselves just to you know come out with a bit of dignity um, that, that's my sort of tinfoil yeah. belief <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not that surprised uh, to be honest because um, if if UFC bring it in house then they they lose to a certain degree of any sort of uh, Autonomy, autonomy, or uh, you know, sort of. Well, it's you know, we have no control over this. But if they bring it in house, then obviously that means they have to pay someone. So when you pay someone, is there a bias towards uh, your employer or your uh, sponsor or whatever the case is? Um, that's one 
potential downfall of doing that. And the other one is if if people have been watching UFC for maybe five, maybe ten years and more uh, before USADA. So I think they came in about eight years ago, and um, it was after the Anderson Silva scandal when he he got caught after his leg break, and I think he fought Nick Diaz, and um, then he tested positive for steroids. And then after that, he fought Michael Bisping, and he, he he somehow lost in London. But that's another story. Um, to Bisping, yeah, it's it about, it about the downfall of um, Uberim as well, wasn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely <laughs> jacked. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly he came back a bit more of a fleshy, yeah, um, lesser fighter, if you will. Yeah, he sort of went from the incredible Hulk to uh, some average uh, guy working in. Uh, yeah, some Home Depot or something. But yeah, he, he, he lost all his his muscles and uh, mass. Um, but I think the point I was trying to make was that that when UFC went to USADA and uh, it, and if you've been watching it a while before USADA, when fighters did sort of get tested positive and started to pop uh, for results, Danish say, "Ah, oh, this this is the government." So what he meant was that the commission they provided drug. Uh, a testing sort of uh, system and I think I can't I don't know exactly what it was I never looked it up but it's like a a random test maybe not even random just a test three weeks before or a week before the fight and then some fighters at random would say oh can you please you know come in for a test after the fight um, so it was very light testing that was the point of that that it, it was it was government or commission Sponsored, but it, it was independent. But obviously, they didn't have the money and the resource. What you saw, they were getting paid by UFC to have twenty-seven tests in a three-month camp and go to their house. You know, or and I think they used to go around the world. It wasn't just in America. They used to, if a fighter was based in Europe or Australia, they would fly there and test them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you bring up a really good point about the in-house testing. Um, the, you know, the whole point is that people believe and they have a belief that the, there's been no preferential treatment to a fighter which you think the UFC would give somebody like Conor McGregor because they've already shown it they've already said it when Dana publicly said oh maybe USADA could you know give him a bit of leeway maybe we could discuss that he's already shown his hand he's already suggested it publicly that the UFC would do that that's what he's saying essentially he's saying that he believes that it could, it could be bent for certain people um, you know it's a bit like you know when the governments are told they've done something wrong and they have uh, an inquiry to what's happened they bring in somebody externally because you know if they do it themselves they're just going to let them off uh, I think that is a good point but I, I just think that USADA was such a the, the relationship at a number of a number of occasions was was fraught with arguments and disputes I just think maybe it would be better to be in house and then you could control when you when you when you test the fighters you obviously you still want to keep it random so they don't have time to flush out their system um, but of course the other the other argument is just let everybody juice if they want to um, that is the other argument if you know if you're going to do it then do it yeah and everybody has the same you know that, that's what that's what that's what everybody's looking for essentially is a level playing field yeah if everybody's allowed to do whatever they want mm. you know then it would be you, you, you t- arguably, I think the fighters would arguably say, "Well, we'll be in our absolute prime 
Yeah, if, yeah. If, that, if you look at um, yeah. Cowboy Cerrone, for example, mm. after he said he retired, about two months later, he popped up on Instagram absolutely jacked with like shoulders and neck, <laughs> and he's huge. Yeah. He, he could probably go on fighting for another 10 years. Yeah. In the, yeah. the source. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It would be a, a level playing field, and the uh, fighters wouldn't be wondering if someone is on the juice or not, because it would be. A, um, yeah, it would be a level playing field. But I think um, I think USADA in the last few years have lost a bit of credibility. One one sort of instance that comes to mind is uh, when I think John Jones came back after one of his many layoffs for whatever reason. Um, normally his own fault, but uh, he I think the fight was going to happen in Vegas, Nevada. And then he got moved to California literally a few days before, or the other way around. And um, he, he tested positive for, I think it was testosterone derivatives or estrogen derivatives. And, um, and, he, uh, and he was so minute picograms. You remember that, picograms? Oh, I do. John Jones. Yeah, I do. And, and I think a pico, a millionth of a gram or maybe a billionth of a gram or something something minute and then the um, yeah and I think it was estrogen and, and the reason I think if estrogen is high it, the theory is that someone is taking additional uh, sort of uh, external testosterone or external hormone that as you take more testosterone you also build more estrogen they're, they're sort of a they're, your body tries to do a balancing act Obviously, for men, it has to be testosterone, has to be more than estrogen, uh, which is a woman's hormone. But uh, yeah, so that that's credibility number one. There was also um, where they got things wrong. I think um, what's it? Joel Joel Romero. They said he tested positive, and they found out, or through investigations, it was a supplement. I think he got a big payout. I think he got a few million dollars. He got dollars. a massive payout. He got yeah. $20 million, from yeah. I remember, very yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and Joy, it's funny, uh, sorry to cut across it's you, okay. it's funny you mentioned John Jones. Uh, I just wanted to jump in because it's very applicable. Um, he's come out today uh, with, a, with, a, with a statement or on a podcast, I think, John Jones, um, saying that he wants to lobby for his no contest to be overturned against Daniel Cormier. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and it, you think because this is quite a big rule rule change now for the yeah. UFC, you've got to probably go back and look at that and, and dive into it and go, well, what what was I popped for? What were the reasons? And now that you started are gone, you know that in the past could be absolutely fine. Now, I mean, that's yeah. quite a different playing field to play on. I don't think he'll get it overturned, but um, I'm not sure who uh, I'm not sure who decides that. Uh, I don't know if it's the uh, the, the governing body of that that state is it is it the, is it the fighting? It could be the commission. Um, commission. Yeah, it could be the I don't know if it was in Nevada or California or I can't remember where it was, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. But even uh, I, I found a statement here on his uh, on John Jones uh, Twitter slash X. Uh, but he said, "Man, I survived Usada." First, they said I was guilty of having picograms. There you go. <laughs> then they considered me innocent. Next, picogram, picograms become legal. Mm. Guess what? I'm still here. They're not. And he's, he's kind of true. Like, it's, you know, he can fight it, I'm sure. But we all know who won that fight. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, the in-house or... I don't think there's... The other agency is WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency. Would UFC go there? But then that would be a similar setup to USADA, so why would they do that? So it's going to be very interesting. but there's also VADA, which is used for um, boxing, voluntary... I can't remember what the name is, but I think it's voluntary something. Um, yeah, but yeah they, they could they could do that. But then, I mean, then you then you've got the whole question of well, if fighters don't voluntarily put forward for testing, then what are you trying to hide? And I think that will create more questions than yeah. And I remember when when they bought in USADA, the UFC bought in USADA. It was two or three years before it was sold, um, or maybe it was a good. Very fairly short time, couple of years, and and that's I'm I'm not sure if Dana put it in print or I'm just doing my conspiracy theory, but it was to to give the clean image to um, to the company that bought them, you know, the parent company for two billion or was it four four billion dollars, wasn't it? Four point two. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised because I think Conor McGregor said he was he was the one who caused that sale then as well. So Mm -hmm. he seems to be everywhere, doesn't he? Seems to be causing all this. UFC, yeah, you know, big big moments. You can't ignore him. No, love him or hate him, he's still a, a huge impact on the sport and the commercial part of it and the other part of it as well. So, and sure, there's no other news really. I'm sure there, I'm sure there is little bits of news, but the, the main bit of news I pull from that is, yeah, I still don't believe Conor McGregor's fighting. I'm sorry, but I don't believe it. You have, but you don't think UFC 300? Uh, I think that'll be the most likely. Um, it seems to tally up now as well. If he's entering the USADA pool now, uh, UFC 300 would be end of March. Six months um, away, yeah. Five six months, months away. Yeah. Um, I think if if he does, he'll do it then. But I, I, I'm at the point where I just don't know if I believe it. Um, oh. We might have to do a show where we predict our UFC 300 cards. Um, oh, that'd be interesting, yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, it'd be weird because if Conor McGregor's on it, he'd have to main event, right? Yeah, um, correct. I don't think you'd have. I don't think you'd have a non-title fight um, main event for a UFC 300. Or maybe you will. Maybe he has that name power. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, I give up. I don't think he's fighting. I give up. <laughs> but uh, no, that's good. It's uh, there's there's some uh, some good good articles on purelymma.co.uk. So head over to purelymma.co.uk. Um, we're both writing for now yeah, yeah absolutely and uh, we'll we'll keep articles there on a regular basis so that's a good good sort of outlet to uh, to catch up on not always standard news sometimes we we have a you know review uh, section last month or the month before it was regarding actually the status of Conor McGregor yeah so uh, that's quite interesting yeah, yeah. and we're, 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 we're both working and it's uh, it's something that I want to shout out to the listeners really that we are looking for people to, to join the team who can provide daily and regular articles I try and do regular articles just about everyday news and creating discussion points um, so I'm just looking anybody who wants to get in touch and potentially write for us uh, do get in touch by the website or at Purely MMA um, and we can have a discussion about it and, uh, and grow our team yeah, absolutely fantastic. 
we haven't got time for, unfortunately, any fan questions. We, we did have a couple, but we can pick them up next month uh, because of the the news of USADA was such a big uh, big piece of news. We had to give it a good 10, 15 minutes, which we have. Um, anything else from your side, Matt? No, nothing else, but I'll be looking forward to the next uh, show because I'll be on UFC 295. Jones Miacic, huge mm. fight that'll be. So we'll do a big show for that, and uh, we'll include a, a number of fan questions for that. The big Madison Square Garden card. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and then in December, Ed, Ed, Edwards versus Covington. Uh, you said two nine six. Yeah. I mean, they've saved the. In my opinion, they've saved the best fights and the best cards until the end of the year, which I'm yeah. loving. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I just hope all these big fighters and big names stay fit and healthy for uh, the potential UFC 300 card. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a, a mega, mega event. So, um, okay, thank you, Matt, as always. Always a pleasure and pleasure. always good to get your uh, uh, alternative opinion on this. And. Um, yeah, good luck with everything. So uh, this has been UFC 294, Makachev versus Volkanovski, uh, which will take place at uh, in Abu Dhabi, and uh, that will be on October the 21st. The podcast is sponsored by HattonJamesLegal.co.uk and Overst Events, OverstEvents.com, and is put together by srbmedia.co.uk, SRB Media. So wherever you may be, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and thank you for listening. Bye.